Hi, I'm Charles Gossier, President and CEO of the Downtown Vancouver Business Improvement Association. We're proud to sponsor the Coping with COVID-19 daily podcast series this month and hope you've enjoyed the great video content produced by Business in Vancouver. I know that my team and I have found this series informative and helpful. Please help support our local businesses during these very challenging times. Whether it's buying a gift card from your favorite retailer or treating yourself to takeout from a local restaurant, your support is so important right now. Thanks everyone and stay strong. I'm Tyler Orton, and before we get to today's interview, here's some of the top stories that BIV is following. Businesses banking on Ottawa's 75% wage subsidy are set to receive their first payments on May 7th. The $73 billion program launched this morning, attracting 10,000 applicants within the first five hours. And fallout from the pandemic is projected to deliver a $5 billion deficit to BC's budget. That's according to a new report from RBC. Economists at the bank also predict lost revenue will reach $3 billion during the fiscal year due to less tax income. That's it for today. Now for our interview. So we've spent the past few weeks delving into how COVID-19 has been creating a new economic reality for businesses here in British Columbia. Now it's time maybe to examine virtual reality, especially important here on the West Coast, where the intersection of technology, gaming and entertainment sectors created a very unique VR ecosystem. We have a new state of the industry report that dropped earlier this month and joining us today, it is Dan Berger. He is co-president of the Vancouver VR AR Association. Dan, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me, Tyler. So maybe before we dive into the report, maybe I can kind of gauge where things are right now as you speak to people anecdotally, but do you anticipate that maybe the pandemic, it could present maybe a, a turning point per industry as people have to think about innovative ways to engage in business as well as maybe look for entertainment things while relying on physical distancing measures that are in place. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think this is a time for VR and AR to shine. Uh, we're seeing, you know, conferences and events uh, be shut down and uh, we're not too sure you know, how long this is going to be. So um, we've seen, uh, you know, organizations have to uh, look at Zoom, you know, um, opportunities within Zoom. And then uh, we're also seeing conferences in VR. Uh, so I, I attended a conference, uh, Laval Virtual, uh, through uh, a virtual reality headset last week. And that was quite interesting. There's still a lot of kinks to it. Uh, it's not perfect yet, but I see the opportunity within, uh, you know, being able to uh, connect with people uh, virtually. What was the VR conference like for you? Just uh, maybe uh, paint a picture for all of our viewers and listeners. Yeah, it was really uh, interesting. Uh, you actually felt like you were in a room with a bunch of people. Um, the people, um, you know, represented, they were in more of an avatar kind of looking state, but it still felt very real to me. And it felt like the, you know, the personal connections that you get, uh, through live events, 
so I see the potential there, but there was, you know, it, it just wasn't perfect. Like it wasn't like connecting with, uh, you know, um, people at uh, conferences one-on-one. So I, I see the opportunity within that, but, um, you know, uh, within the events and conference sectors, uh, this is going to be, you know, we're going to have to continue to innovate. So uh, we're going to be, as an industry, look at, uh, you know, innovative ways to, uh, you know, improve upon this uh, as, uh, you know, the de- demand uh, gets uh, much uh, much more um, prevalent. Well, maybe let's talk a little bit about that with regards to meeting demand for that and the talent factor that I think you guys bring up here in this new report that just came out. So you do point out some of these great benefits, but there is that need for more talent to be able to do things. How do you think that we should be going about in British Columbia right now about cultivating the talent that's needed to really kind of bolster the industry and make it reach, you know, all that it can achieve? Yeah, uh, we're we're lucky in Vancouver and BC. We have uh, the probably the most talent uh, for VR, AR, spatial computing uh, technology industry within uh, the world right now. So, um, because of the film, games, and uh, tech industries that have really um, kind of synergized together to build this VR, AR industry, uh, we have a huge talent uh, pool. But, um, you know, right now uh, we're seeing a ton of companies um, struggle. Uh, so they're within the next three to six months, we're going to start seeing some companies uh, start shutting down, uh, rethink their business models, uh, look at other ways to sustain themselves. Um, so uh, but in terms of t- the talent pool, it's quite vast. So we do have that pool to be able to tap into. Uh, to be able to, you know, look at solutions to help, uh, you know, combat the whole COVID uh, crisis uh, right now. So um, us as an industry association and group, uh, we're mobilizing uh, the talent base, uh, the ones that are really struggling right now, the ones that, that are just looking for projects and trying to figure out solutions uh, to be able to, you know, help with mental health, uh, to help with uh, connecting uh, with people, um, you know, in, in a meaningful way during this crisis. Uh, also in, uh, you know, surgical uh, training, we're, we're seeing companies like Precision OS uh, using their uh, software to be able to uh, train remotely uh, surgeons and uh, nurses and people on the front line uh, to be able to, um, uh, you know, understand, uh, you know, things that might uh, pop up. How quick is industry right now recognizing maybe the need to pivot? Uh, you bring up, say, training uh, programs that could be used, uh, also addressing mental health. Is this kind of an industry that can be pretty nimble on its feet and, and address what's going on in kind of the, the, the new reality of the pandemic? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, um, within the VR era, kind of innovation sector, uh, you know, these companies are very versatile. Uh, they move very quickly. So we're, it's kind of interesting. We're seeing a lot of companies that have focused on, you know, A, B, and C are kind of, you know, looking at ways to, um, you know, help or look at ways to um, figure out how they can, you know, sustain themselves. So they're finding uh, like quick ways to be able to recover from this and looking at ways, you know, how how can this technology help out during this crisis. So we're, we're already seeing, you know, tip, typical companies that might have been focused on, uh, you know, the, you know, marketing and branding sector, 
might be kind of moving towards, uh, you know, healthcare, mental health, or looking at, um, you know, online conferences uh, or virtual conferences. So it's um, it's really interesting to see how quickly they're able to um, kind of move in various directions and, uh, you know, rapidly, uh, you know, moving their companies forward uh, during this uh, whole pandemic. I'm also thinking about just kind of the idea of having you know, incentives around for industry as well. This report that you guys have just released, it's actually calling for incentives for, say, post-secondary institutions to Mm -hmm. get more of that talent into the streams going on here. I'm curious, like, can you go to VR school or are you cultivating people that are taking, I don't know, uh, specific programs and then you know that they can be applied to whenever they jump in as an entry-level position at a VR-focused company? Yeah, uh, we're we're seeing a lot of schools being uh, very innovative, uh, you know, within, you know, learning how to develop and code within uh, VR and AR and to build uh, these virtual uh, environments. So uh, we're seeing Vancouver Film School, uh, a great example of that. They're looking at uh, rapidly, uh, you know, building up the talent base. Um, They already have the you know, the foundational components within film, animation, and visual effects to be able to kind of take those skill sets and apply to virtual reality. And it's not just, uh, you know, on the entertainment sectors. It's it's really on, like, you know, how can uh, this technology um, be a practical solution uh, for the future? So, uh, you know, the training sector, uh, you know, healthcare, uh, ways for um, you know people to connect on a more holistic level. I I see uh, those are some of the problems that uh, these uh, you know post secondary institutions are looking at, and um, you know BCIT is uh, offering uh, virtual reality and augmented reality programming as well. Um, I'm not too too sure exactly how they're dealing with it during this whole pandemic, but uh, I. I assume that uh, everything is uh, being done via Zoom or or uh, through VR, AR classes uh, through the headset. Well, one of the other things, and I, I think it's interesting because you bring it up in this report here, you're, you're calling for the creation of, like, say, a physical facility to help early stage companies. I think we probably will have to uh, adhere to some social distancing for the uh, near future, but further down the road, what do you think maybe a, a sort of physical location could bring to the industry, especially if early stage companies can kind of rub elbows with each other and get to know people that are, you know, within the game here in Vancouver? Yeah, I think that's uh, very important because, you know, when you look at VR and AR, um, you know, there's a lot of devices that you need and they're not always super uh, inexpensive. So uh, what we had kind of envisioned uh, with the physical space, uh, you know, before this whole pandemic happened, was a big space where all startups can be able to access different tools, uh, mentorship, and uh, also uh, being able to uh, use, um, you know, different equipment and uh, high-end software to be able to, um, you know, build solutions together too. So we kind of had this idea where, you know, we have a lot of these companies rubbing shoulders with each other and bouncing ideas and off each other, and then also being able to um, look at tackling uh, various uh, problems and um, projects together. So uh, we've we've seen this done 
in uh, some very, you know, like in Europe, um, North, North America, like in uh, New York, um, the Bay Area. And it's really um, kind of rejuvenating the VR AR industry and really giving it this uh, kind of power to be able to um, kind of take that next step and also giving uh, companies that, uh, you know, that mentorship and, um, and uh, advice that, uh, you know, they might not necessarily be able to have. And then also space, space issues are, uh, it's, it's very important, especially uh, in Vancouver, it's not uh, cheap to, to get uh, commercial space. So um, we found, uh, you know, that was one of the pain points that a lot of these companies were facing, especially when you look at the VR AR industry, it's uh, very early stage companies uh, that are that kind of comprise most of the uh, industry right now. So uh, I think that they need this kind of foundational uh, component uh, to be able to take their companies in, uh, to the next step. So that's uh, that's kind of what we in, had envisioned in terms of uh, the actual physical space. But uh, now, <laughs> right now during this time, there's a lot of other. Uh, uh, kind of issues and problems that we need to solve. So I think that's kind of more on the back burner, but uh, I definitely think, um, you know, once we recover from this, uh, that, you know, a space like that would uh, definitely, uh, you know, help this industry uh, kind of take that next step. Well, one of the things that you guys also point out, though, with regards to taking that next step is access to capital. And uh, you do mention that uh, there is a reliance on, say, foreign capital. How do yep. you think we could go about um, stoking kind of the flames to get more interest coming domestically as well? Because it is yeah. still a relatively nascent industry for a lot of people. Maybe a lot of Canadian investors are a little reluctant to dip their toes in something they don't fully understand. Yeah, I think that's uh, there, there's a couple of pieces to that. I think it's education. So uh, we we definitely need to do a better job on uh, educating a lot of these VCs and investors on you know how this technology will hit them. Most of them probably think it's just more of an entertainment or games uh, kind of technology, but uh, they don't realize that it's horizontal technology that hits almost every industry. So um, that that's needed. Uh, so um, through our our organization, we, we definitely want to do more programs to educate the VCs and investors here in our own backyard. Um, another program that we have uh, kind of built over the past couple of years was um, an export development program. So uh, we would travel to different uh, kind of uh, hotspots in terms of uh, like Silicon Valley, um, you know, Germany, uh, all the kind of places where we saw uh, a lot of investors looking at uh, innovative new technologies and um, and being able to build those relationships, showcasing uh, local companies to those uh, investors and, uh, you know, building that uh, kind of partnership with them uh, over the, you know, over the next few years. So um, we've been able to bring some of these outside investors into BC to look at uh, ways that they can uh, help uh, spur um, some of this uh, innovative te technology in our backyard. Well, maybe just to put things in perspective, look, the industry has been successful with raising money. Uh, just last week, we had Form, which is a Vancouver-based company, specializes in augmented reality goggles for swimming. Uh, they just raised $12 million. And I'm wondering maybe if you can put things in perspective for our viewers and listeners as well. But but 
in terms of like globally, where would you say Vancouver is as an ecosystem for virtual reality? Uh, so currently, uh, Vancouver is the second largest uh, VR AR ecosystem in the world. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to play out uh, once the pandemic is over, uh, because uh, within the three to six, uh, the next three to six months, I, I definitely see um, a lot of the industry uh, reshaping and uh, struggling. Um, but uh, as it stood before this whole pandemic, uh, we were the second largest uh, VRAR hub. And um, one of the ways where we saw this becoming, you know, possibly the top hub was, uh, you know, working with governments and corporations to be able to invest in 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 this industry as uh, this this isn't uh, technology that will, you know, be kind of within, you know, be prevalent within the next uh, couple of years. It's going to it's going to take some time to build up. Um, and, you know, we find <laughs> that the government uh on the both on the provincial and uh, federal side, uh, just didn't really have that grasp of how big this industry is. Uh, right now, uh, you know, PwC uh, mentioned that it was a 1.5 trillion dollar industry uh, potential in terms in terms of uh, the next uh, 10 years. So um, definitely, it, it's it's a huge opportunity. You know, one day it's going to replace phones and laptops, right? So. We, d we definitely need to look at this industry and look at ways to support it. And um, right now, that was, uh, you know, this is a bit of a struggle because, uh, you know, these government organizations, <laughs> you know, they're, tr you know, trying to help so many different uh, industries. So it's going to be kind of this uphill battle. But uh, I definitely think, um, you know, we need to get this, uh, this industry really at the forefront because this is the future of, you um, of technology in our country. Well, many sectors are struggling right now, reaching out to government for you know benefits or relief measures. Um, what would be something that you think would maybe be some low-hanging fruit or some easy things that government could do to help keep this industry chugging amidst this economic uncertainty that's taking place right now? Yeah, I, I think there are some good programs that were uh, released uh, last week in, in terms of being able to support some of these early stage companies. But uh, I, I definitely think there needs to be an injection of capital in terms of, uh, you know, supporting uh, this industry as it, it is pretty new. A lot of this com these companies uh, don't have the funding to be able to kind of take that next step, especially as uh, purse strings have been cut, uh, you know, the, the past uh, month or so. Um, and uh, budgets have been slashed. So companies just aren't making the revenues uh, they used to. And, um, you know, they don't ha a lot of these companies might not have that runway to sustain themselves. So we, we're definitely looking at ways uh, for, you know, that foundational uh, funding to come into our industry. Um, you know, I, I definitely think uh, this is an opportunity for, um, you know, the government to help prop up this industry and to make sure that uh, it doesn't falter. And, um, you know, I, I think the governments, are, you know, the government organizations, both on the provincial and, uh, you know, on the uh, federal level, they are looking at, you know, supporting, but, uh, you know, it's on us kind of as an industry to kind of push that message forward. 
Well, Dan, I think there's going to be a lot of changes afoot in the coming months. I'd love to pick your brain some more in the coming months and weeks as well. So uh, let's make sure that we talk soon. But for now, I want to thank you for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That's Dan Berger. He is co-president of the Vancouver VRAR Association. And that's it for the show today. We're going to be back again on Tuesday. For now, I want to thank everybody for tuning in.